Hello and welcome. You've tuned into the School of Ministry podcast. Paul is your Bible teacher today. He has years of experience as a pastor, seminary instructor, and more. Later, you will be given information how to reach us. If you have questions you would like addressed, let us know. Maybe you have a need in your life and want to know how the Bible gives answers that apply to us today. Feel free to contact us. Now enjoy the lesson. Reasons to believe. We're looking forward to these opportunities of getting together to just look forward and be encouraged in the Word of God. Beginning in verse 3 of Ephesians, it says, To Him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus, to all generations forever and ever. Amen. We're talking about how do we know the right church. Because there's so many different churches today. And American society has just become more and more secular. More and more that attitudes and presuppositions about institutions and life. It was chapter 3 verse 21. Ephesians 3 21. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. It is a shame of what's happening in our world. It's amazing because our society is growing more and more toward humanism, more and more toward this idea that life in general and institutions are just falling apart. And I did a little checking this morning and looked online and looked at some of the news of all the headlines. In some places the virus is coming back or peaking. Eleven different provinces in China been locked down again because of the increase of the coronavirus. I know in Valley Springs where we live, there are 12 brand new cases and everybody up there kind of thought, well, we're, a, we're way away. Nobody's, nobody has anything up there. And so uh, you have to be careful. We see the hand of God. We as Christians see the hand of God. We see what God's doing. But I was amazed at some of the different things that are in the news around the world, slave markets in Libya. I thought slave markets were a thing of yeah, hundreds of years ago. Christians in China that are standing up and proclaiming the Word of God, and if they're bold about it, they're being thrown off of buildings. And then their wives taken, and these pastors' wives are being abused. And there's so many things that are happening in the world because we recognize the days and the times that we're living in. Difficult times. And so there is a, a growth within the church community of an ecumenicalism, that pluralism, that all churches are alike. And they try to combat the sociological problems by saying, what do we need and how can we just meet the sociological needs? So a lot of churches are doing today, they're paying researchers to go out and do surveys Check on uh, what are the needs in this community. How would people come to church? What could we do to get them to church? And then on those medium scores, case studies, they're building their church upon those things. Well, nothing wrong with it. There's a place for that. However, we have the Word of God that has laid down the truths 
and showed us right here how the New Testament church should be put together. And so we've been talking about and my former series on reasons to believe. I want us to, with so many churches out there, I want us to take a couple of weeks, although we'll look at how do we know the right church today? Because Christ is the founder of the New Testament church. And he alone is the, the one that has been the head. So if you have a church that has someone else as the head, watch out. Because Christ must be the head. He is the founder. And most of the New Testament was written for those members of those churches. With Christ as the head, he has promised that it will continue until he returns to take her home. And all Christians then will physically be with him. So we're looking forward and we're seeing such a shift in our day and age. Some just say, well, it's just not important. Church just isn't really something that we need. And I think this is pertinent today because we haven't been able to meet physically. So now that we are, we are able to come back and start meeting physically, I think we recognize, for I know that you that are here, you recognize the importance of being together, of having fellowship, of having caring brothers and sisters that will come alongside you. As a matter of fact, we're going to go over to Hebrews chapter 10. And this is a verse that very often... Verse 24 and 25, it says, Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some ends, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. I think we're seeing the day approaching. We are seeing the day of Christ. We're seeing things happen all around the world. Our world's gone crazy. Not in our lives. Why? Because we are set and established on Jesus Christ. And because as members of the Lord's New Testament church and as part of the Lord's churches, man, we can be established and steadfast and we don't have to worry. There, Many evangelicals today are too prone toward indifference about the church. And I've heard so many for so many years, Hebrews 10, 25, you got to be in church not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. But there's so much more to this. Why? It says, and let us consider one another, this is verse 24, let us consider one another in order to stir up love, to stir up good work, to bring us to that place where we're being encouraged and built up and we're able to love and show Christ's love. That we're able to take it out to that world that's so badly in need. Many stand out on the periphery of the church and attending, as a matter of fact, much of this came from a discussion I had with a young man. Let me see, because I put that in my notes. And basically, this is what he said. With so many churches out there, how do we know where to attend? Where to place our membership? Or why should I be a member? After all, look at all the hypocrisy. Look at the mess involved in the church. Why be a part of that? I just want to sit back and get fed the Word of God and go home. I'll give a few dollars, but let someone else support with their time and effort. That just isn't important to me. Well, I'm afraid that's a prevailing attitude of this day and age. I'm afraid that's a prevailing attitude that's sweeping over America. What do we want to do? What is it that we want to do? What is it? Because we do what we want to do. 
We do what we just really feel is important. And across the United States, church attendance is drastically declining in all churches. Some people just want to watch football or go play soccer or go to the flea market to get the deals you can get or whatever it might be. We do what we want. Well, the New Testament repeatedly emphasizes the importance of the Lord's New Testament churches, the importance of local assemblies. It was the pattern for Paul's ministry. It was the pattern which the Apostle Paul, through the book of Acts, how he laid down so that each one, why, what they could do, they could build up one another. They could encourage one another. Let us consider to stimulate, that's the idea of that, to stimulate one another to love, to stimulate one another into good deeds, not forsaking, not getting out of the habit as some, but encouraging more and more, encouraging others more and more as you see the day of Christ coming. You see, I think that we're seeing things happen in our world that are causing people to say something is going on. Something is drastically taking place. And I don't know the time of the coming of the Lord. I do know that He's coming. I don't know the day or the hour, but He is coming. And it appears that things in this world are falling into more and more turmoil. And yet people are apathetic about serving in the Lord's New Testament churches. So the remedy for apathy about the church is not a return to a twisted ecclesiastic view that, that had been handed down by tradition. Unfortunately, many churches get caught up in a certain tradition. They get caught up in, well, this is the way we have to do it. I can remember we always had three songs, offering a song or a special, and then preaching. You know, it had to be just that way or else church just didn't seem to be right. So we've got to watch out that we don't fall into traditions. It's okay if you have six songs. It's okay if you have two songs. We're not going to fall into man-made traditions because Scripture alone gives us the understanding and gives us the appreciation for the true role of the New Testament church. And I think it's important that we recognize at this point, when we're looking out and we look all across so many towns, so many churches, why? Why are there so many churches? Because Satan is in the business of religion. Satan is in the business of religion. And why are there so many different types of Christian churches in our town? Well, if you want to destroy something, if you want to hide something, Hide it in amidst. Hide it among a whole bunch of others. Have you ever had a whole bunch of screws or nuts or bolts or something? And maybe you're not like me where I just dump them out on a pan and I can't see the one I want. <laughs> I can't find that one. The one that just needs and I scrambled through. Why? Because there's just so many. Now when I keep them in the little package and I know that that's the size, I can find that one. Hi. Let me interrupt for just a moment and update you with some information. You can now contact us at schoolofministryresources.org or biblelandmarks.com. We also now live stream services on landmarkstockton, all one word, dot com. Or you can see us on Facebook at Landmark Missionary Baptist Church of Stockton. We look forward to hearing from you. We would love to send you information. So thank you, and back to our podcast. 
Well, you see, that's what Satan has tried to do. If he couldn't wipe it out, then cause confusion, put counterfeits out there, put knockoffs all around, and then pretty soon you're unrecognizable. You can't tell. And so we'll look at what Scripture says regarding this. For the Lord's New Testament church is the important institution that He set a new covenant on. It's the basis for the new covenant. Like Israel of old, He has made the new covenant with the Lord's church so that we will have a very special place with the Lord. You see, the Lord's New Testament church, members, I think of that, will be making up the bride of Christ. That has eternal ramifications. That means that you will be closer to Christ through eternity when we know what to look for. It's not hard to recognize the true from the false. It's like the parable of the man who found the pearl of great price. And he went out and he sold everything he had so that he could buy that valuable treasure. That one thing that was so important, that wonderful treasure. You see, that's the way the Lord's church is. We want to sell everything that we have so that we, and I'm not saying that literally, but that only one thing is really important, and that is that closest relationship to Christ. The New Testament repeatedly emphasizes the importance of the New Testament churches, the local assemblies. That was why Paul established that and set those in every city. But let's consider then how do we use that to build up one another to good works, not forsaking how to encourage and strengthen one another. It's hard in this day and age because it's only in the local body that, in which one is committed to that level of intimacy that we know one another, that we can care for one another, that we can stimulate fellow believers to love and to good deeds. And that's the setting because the Lord knew what we needed. That's why He did it. He knew that we needed one another. Furthermore, Paul told Timothy and he gave him very special instructions. He said in 1 Timothy 4, 13, says, Until I come, give attention to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation and teachings. So part of the emphasis in public worship includes these three things. Hearing the Word being called to obedience and action through the exhortation of the Word and the teaching of the Word. So it's only in this context that in the local church and the New Testament assembly can these things be done effectively. Act 2.42 shows us what the early church did when they came together, when they met. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' doctrine, teaching, and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and a prayer. You see, those Christians came together, they united together, they wanted to learn God's Word and the implications for their lives. Why is it important that we have the right church? Because we want to recognize the importance of God's Word in our life and then to carry out acts of love and service to one another. That our life doesn't just become so inside, that, that our life doesn't become just so ingrained that all we can think about is, what about me? What about my, what's happening here? But that we can recognize our service to others. And that we could commemorate the Lord's death and His resurrection. Through the breaking of bread, they prayed. When we recognize we have one baptized, we recognize the death, the burial, and resurrection of Christ and how that person has been likened to that. And so, 
Some try to do those things individually, but God has instituted that in His church. He set that to be carried out in His body within the church. And so we should gladly minister and gladly reach out to people. You see, that's always been a mark of the Lord's New Testament churches. The love for others. Purity. We can go back and we can see a long line of churches. As a matter of fact, I've got a chart. Maybe one day I'll put it up here. A chart. We can go back and we can see how this church has a lineage that goes all the way back to the seashore of Galilee. When Christ called out those early disciples, an active local church membership is imperative in the life that's going to be lived without compromise. It's only through the ministry of the local church that a believer can really receive the kind of teaching, accountability, encouragement that's necessary for him to stand firm in his convictions, that's necessary for him to continue on. God has ordained that the church could provide that kind of environment where an uncompromising life can thrive. Now that doesn't mean that we're going to be sinless. No, we all fall short. We all have problems. But that's where we can come together and we can say, I'm having a rough week. And you know what? There's lots of rough weeks sometimes. But that's why we understand that. And we're here to build you up in love and encouragement and say, keep going. Don't give up. What does the Lord say? Well, if you're a child of God, and let me just say, knowing the will of God is a simple thing. I've had all kinds of offers, buy the book, this book, that book. You know, uh, this will tell you how to know the will of God. will of God is so simple. It's laid down right here in the scripture. He would have all men to be saved. It's what the scripture says. It says, Christ, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. That's 1 Timothy 2.10. So that's number one. He wants everybody to be saved. He wants to reach the world. The second thing is then to follow the Lord in scriptural baptism. In Matthew 28, 19 and 20, where he said, Go ye therefore, make disciples, get them saved baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So the second thing, He wants you to be saved. He wants you to be scripturally baptized. And then, that we serve the Lord through one of His New Testament churches. That's what we talked about in Ephesians 3.21. Unto Him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages. So the will of God simple. We don't want to complicate it with all kinds of man-made ideas. Be saved, be baptized, and serve the Lord. Now, where do we serve the Lord? Now we get into a few more questions. How can I serve the Lord? Now we're going to see where you have giftings, where you have talents, where you have abilities. But you see, that's why the New Testament church is important. Because here is a place where you can use your talents. You can use your abilities. You can use what God has placed in you to be a blessing to someone else. To reach out to someone else. And then consider what it is a church. Because many today believe the church is a mystical body. It's always something that's kind of intangible. It's something that's out there. And it's something that when you are born again, you become a member of. That's taught. But the pattern of the New Testament churches after salvation, then baptism by immersion, then they were added 
to the church. They join the church. For churches, a called out assembly of scripturally baptized believers that have covenanted together to carry out the Great Commission. The word church from the Greek in our Bible is ekklesia. And I know you're familiar with this. Ek is out. Kaleo is the last part of that word. And it means to call. And that's what Jesus did when they walked on the seashore of Galilee. He called out the disciples, come, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. And they left their nets and they left their boats and they went and they began to follow him. That's what a church was. And that's when I I believe the Lord's church has continued on from that time when he called them out, that he established them on the Sermon on the Mount. He established, he set things so that they could be operating and going, gave them a form and a foundation. And after all, he instituted the Lord's Supper within his church. They had been baptizing. They had been taking care of the poor. They had been giving and doing all sorts of things. They were carrying on business. So if that was important in the Lord's day, if that was important and he promised, it won't go out of existence. It doesn't have to be reformed. It doesn't have to have a new name. It doesn't have to be united with the government. As a matter of fact, every time that churches and government have been united, watch out. There's a big problem. The one who's on the sideline always ends up being the loser. That's what church history teaches us. But it's so wonderful that we can go back and we can trace our lineage, our doctrine, all that this church has come from to be just like those early churches. And that we have come through a long line. And you know, they were called by many different names. Sometimes it was illegal for them to be called Christians. But they were able to be standing fast and standing firm. And we have history that shows all of those. So if you are in a church that was started in America, you know it wasn't started by Jesus, right? That's kind of simple. If you have a church that was started in England, you know it wasn't started by Jesus because he was in Israel. If you have a church that has somebody that was over then Christ isn't the head. You see, this is not difficult to understand. This is very simple. That we come back and we recognize that Christ is the head and that we have this lineage, that the church was founded by Him and upon Him. Matthew 16, 18, Jesus says that upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And what He's saying there, and it's very clear if you were reading the Greek, He is saying that upon myself, this great rock, upon the rock of salvation, upon me. Some people take that and they say he was talking to Peter, and upon Peter the church was built. But that's just not true, because Christ is the head. Peter recognizes that in 1 Peter, and he says that Christ is the foundation, he is the rock. And so that there is no question about that. So if your church was even founded... 50 days after Christ was taken on Pentecost. It's too late. It's too late. It was founded in Jesus' personal ministry. It was begun by Himself while He was the head. And if the church has another man's name on it, then watch out. If a man started that church, you know it wasn't started by Christ. Very simple. Thank you for listening. We hope you've enjoyed the message. If you want to hear Paul in person and are in the Stockton, California area, we invite you to join us at Landmark Missionary Baptist Church, 301 East Alpine Avenue. 
that's near the University of the Pacific. He brings the Bible message every Sunday at 11 a.m. and other times as listed. We trust you've been encouraged, challenged, or generally built up spiritually. If this lesson has sparked questions on this or other topics, please see our contact information in the description or email us at sclofministry at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you.